What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 29 of True North Talk. And we have a very special episode in store for y'all today, okay? We have a special guest on the podcast. First time we've had a guest in probably, what, 10, 10 or so episodes, Peter? It's been a minute. Oh, it, it probably longer than that. It's been probably like half a year and however many episodes it's been. It's, it's, been, it's been a minute since we had a guest on. Yeah, and this is, this is a person that I've been wanting to have on for quite a while. Um, my friend Daniel is on the podcast today. Daniel Lucero. Very interesting story of how we've connected and kind of reconnected over the years, and we're going to go ahead and get into some of that. But we've been trying to get this episode done for quite a while, haven't we, Daniel? It's, oh, kind yeah, of, it's finally coming to fruition. Yeah, man. I'm um, man, so so honored that, you know, and blessed that, you know, God uh, brought us back together. Um, we connected, you know, on multiple different occasions after, you know, we had been in Wyoming um, through like online gaming and then, you know, social media. Um, Came so, back yeah, to man, visit I'm a couple hyped. times too and saw you guys, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just those those opportunities that we've had to um, to reconnect over the years, man, like I um, firmly believe that there's something behind it. I think this is just kind of like the beginning of of God's plan behind um, us reconnecting. Um, Really, really encouraging that, you know, we're both pursuing a relationship with God and um, our you know, uh, followers of his word and, um, you know, are trying to model that and exemplify that in our day-to-day life for those around us and, um, those that we've been connected with over the years, um, that they can actually see the transformative work of, um, Jesus in our lives. Um, so I don't, yeah, Yeah, I don't think it's by accident, bro. Yeah. It's not, it's not a common thing at, you know, uh, it's, and it's not like saying anything about us, but it's just simply a fact in America these days that, not a lot of young people are pursuing a relationship with God um, fully in their lives. And I think yeah. it's it's so important to have people in your life. Me and Peter have talked about that quite a bit on the podcast. Uh, but we'll get into that later. For all yeah. of you listening, the subject of this episode, we're going to probably touch on a lot of things, but the main focus is going to be relationships and how, um, how our upbringing really frames and changes the way we view relationships. And not just dating relationships, but almost every relationship in life. Uh, we're going to touch on you know fatherhood, young marriage. Daniel got married at a, at a fairly young age, uh, but yeah. just to start us off, Daniel, I know you've you told me a little bit about what you do. You work in media and production at your church, Life Center yep. Ministries in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. But uh, yes, why don't sir. you give us a little bit of background on yourself and also how we, I guess, how we originally know each other because it goes way back. Yeah, so I'm originally from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, I was born and raised there. Um, with my mom and dad and my older sister. Um, yeah, we, we lived in Cheyenne up until I was about seven. And then my dad ended up getting a job at, um, Basin Electric. Um, it's a power plant in Wheatland, Wyoming, which is just this really small farming community in, um, like Southeast Wyoming, and um so yeah we, man, we the made power the plan let's take me back bro that's crazy take yeah take us back <laughs> man with the you know with the family nights and all that i don't know if you remember any of those but man yeah. i'm I, I forever remember all the times that i was able to um tour around the power plant and just yeah um even spent a little oh, yeah, time I remember out the, there bro 
I remember going yeah, up there man. and I would I would go up the stairs and I'd be like, dude, this this place is absolutely massive. I mean, oh, it's probably probably something to do with you know be you know being a kid, you think everything is just grand about life, but it was absolutely massive. And just oh, dude, also a side is. fact, my my dad and uh, Daniel's dad worked together at that power plant, so that's kind of how we yep. probably how we connected ultimately. But yeah, one of the I think one of the main ways, and then also like it was crazy how close we actually lived. My it's crazy, bro. My grandma, my mom's mom, actually lives in y'all's house. Um, oh yeah, c- currently a little, uh, brick yep. brick house. Yep, right across the street from the minor league fields. Um, so yeah, Man. bro. I think I think that was the the biggest well one of the ways that we got connected was for sure you know our dads working together um baseball as well yeah they both coached um our baseball team um we were the the wheatland tigers out out there representing <laughs> detroit um <laughs> in small bro, town gotta, wyoming bro my dad moved okay so just to give everybody some background me and peter have talked about this briefly at times but my family i was born in columbus ohio my dad mm. uh when i was about three years old two or three we moved out to wheatland uh he got a job at that power plant and he you know he was a, a sheet metal worker but uh mm. yeah he was a detroiter man he's a city city boy out there in the in the wild west and <laughs> you know i've definitely heard some stories about uh you know him not fitting in quite well at the beginning oh uh, bro, fact, bro can i tell a story yeah go ahead I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you remember this, but okay. So Larry, my guy, shout out to you. I hope you're doing well if you're listening. Um, He'll probably listen to this, yeah. For sure, bro. Yeah, man. Larry was was awesome. Um, Super passionate about um, the game of baseball and really anything Detroit sports. Um, But he was also super passionate about you guys. Um, you and, and John, John, um, you guys were, <laughs> were his pride and joy, bro, from what I could see. And, oh, yeah. um, John, John, I think John, John was on the team first. I don't know that you were old enough quite yet. Um, I was the bat boy, bro. Like I had, I had my little Jersey yeah. said bat boy. Facts, facts. Okay, bro. This is, yeah, it's starting to come back now a little better. Um, so yeah, you were definitely involved still, although you weren't playing yet. And I think, I think you ended up playing. Did you end up playing earlier than necessarily? Yeah, I, I always allowed. played up as, as a kid. I always played yeah. like you know was playing like above my age level. So more than likely, yeah. that's kind of what was happening. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, we were all on the same team, and and Larry, your dad, and my dad were the coaches of the team, and I'm drawing a blank on the um, the director's name of Parks and Rec, but um, long story short, um, there was an altercation between. Um, I think it had something to do with the game. Your dad didn't agree with a call or something like that. And at Bro, this time, I'll tell you exactly is... what happened. Okay, I'll tell yeah, you exactly yeah, yeah. What happened. So, so my dad was, my dad didn't play this guy's daughter, and mm. he didn't like it. And my dad was like, "Look, she's just she's not cutting it. She's not going to play if she's not going to see the field." Like he put her in a little bit, but at mm. the end of the day, you are trying to win. Yeah. Uh, and this guy was kind of a big wig around town. I know he he was like something involved with Verizon somehow. I don't know how. Oh, or maybe some bro, was cell it, company. Was it, was it Kent Smith? 
Yeah. Was it, yeah, that's Ky- who it was. Kyleen? I think it was Kyleen. Yep. Which, yep. hey, so, everybody, like, no disrespect to anybody. We're just trying to, like, give accuracy to the, the story. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he was a very liked figure, to my understanding, but, you yeah. know, kind of is what it is. But my dad kind of caught some heat, <laughs> and then uh, I think Kent Smith ended up, uh, like, threatening my dad. Uh, mm. And I don't know exactly what happened, but, I th- yeah, there was a pretty significant altercation that came from that. Which is yeah, funny because my dad actually, my dad founded that league. I don't know if you remember that, but I think him and your dad possibly kind of co-founded the league. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I know um, there's a guy named Paul Gallegos who yep. um, was also significantly involved in that. He just lived right down the street. He was, you know, huge in the community um, in regards to baseball and, like, um you know, being involved and super passionate about seeing kids find a love and passion for the game of baseball. Um, but this was back in like 2004, 2005. So, you know, we're talking almost, almost two decades ago, um, at this point. And we actually pitched back in that day to each other (laughs) we didn't have we didn't have you know t-ball i mean i'm sure there was t-ball but we weren't doing slow pitch we weren't doing you know hitting off a tee we weren't having coaches throw underhand to us or anything like that like nah like we had to learn how to pitch to each other um and yeah it was it was intense bro it was super intense um both of our dads were super passionate and very competitive so um I think yeah and we'll get that, we'll get into kind of some of the dynamics like we were saying about upbringing yeah. and all that but I, I definitely know yeah. for a fact uh something that your dad and, and my dad had in common was a little bit of that fire within them you know I think yep. I think both of our dads are kind of fiery figures pretty passionate guys um yeah absolutely and so yeah that's kind of how me and Daniel connected I'm sure we have a lot of stories we could talk about um, yeah but kind of moving on uh how did you find your way to Pennsylvania yeah so um you know I wasn't necessarily um walking with the Lord in high school and then on to you know my um first year of college I'd grown up in the church Um, but I ended up experiencing a pretty, um, traumatic, uh, situation, um, in church where, um, there was a church split and, you know, I wasn't treated very well by the individuals that left our church. Um, even though, you know, I wasn't even really involved in how, you know, things played out in that situation. Um, so I, after seeing that was, you know, church hurt if you will and wasn't really interested in being involved in church um i still read my bible and prayed um but i wasn't interested in being involved in church with church people i just thought it was you know um very very messy very um uh i don't know negative it's just about rules yeah like there was there was a lot of religion Yeah. And I grew up in an assemblies of God church, which is very like legalistic, um, Hmm. and like almost political in ways. And, um, I think the church belongs in politics, but I don't know that politics belong in the church. Um, Hmm. and uh, we can get into that deeper later. Uh, 
because I think we're called to influence culture, but I don't know that we're supposed to allow human culture and, and, and the ways of man to infiltrate, you know, the church and how we lead, um, people. Um, so long story short, you said that was in college though, right? The church situation. No, this was when I was like 10 or 11. Um, but that that was just, that's just backstory to lead up to why I wasn't walking with the Lord. Um, so fast forward, So you kind of labeled, you you had this idea of Christianity as what you experienced at that church, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that's, I think that's kind of a typical thing. Yeah. And of course, like, I mean, it came from, you know, I was 10 or 11. I was super immature. Um, but I think, I think what hurt, hurt me the most in that situation was like, I mean, we weren't talking about it as a family. So my parents weren't speaking into it. And so my sister and I, my sister's like almost three years older than me. Um, and so at the time she was like 13 or 14 and, um, maybe even on her way to being 15. And so anyways, she had a better understanding of what was going on, but she, um, wasn't really viewing it biblically. So, you know, her influence in my life at that time, we were like really close. So we kind of both kind of like made this pact that like, all right, like we'll go to church just to please mom and dad. But like, based on what happened, like we don't want anything to do with that. Um, Mm. moving forward. Uh, so yeah, I, I pretty much stuck with my guns in regards to that. I would go to church and then, you know, even when I was of age to drive and had my own vehicle, I would still go. But literally right after church, like I was out the door ASAP, wasn't trying to fellowship with nobody. Um, and then would just head home on my merry way. And then I would just continue to do that. I wasn't involved in, um, youth group or, you know, any, any form of community within the church. Um, and really my family wasn't either like my my dad was on the board and he was, um, a deacon. And so he was involved, but he wasn't really involved in like, you know, a lot of activities, um, and all that, right. Like small groups and whatnot. So there, like, I wasn't really seeing, you know, what community looked like anyways. And, but I also wasn't really interested in it. Um, also my mom, my mom, um, was like discounted a lot like she's an intercessor bro so she loves to pray um and like you know people were counting her out like basically like yeah just telling her like oh like we don't want you in our prayer group or we don't want you like you know greeting people at the door like as a as a position or something like that and I'm just like bro what for what like how who makes that call and like why like somebody who's actually passionate about that and I mean my mom was amazing at making people feel welcomed um you know whether it was you know my friends coming over to to our house our house or at church or whatever it would be so um it was really weird to see kind of like these ideologies um coming into play within the church where you know essentially not everybody was fit to serve in the church according to, you know, the individuals that were leading this particular church that we were going to. Right. Um, and so and that correct kind, me if that I'm wrong, too. correct me if I'm wrong, but in Wheatland, given it's such a small town, I think, what is it? 5,000 people population or so, something um, like that. I would say, I would say a little under four, but yeah, okay. really small so, either way. Very small. So, I mean, you know, yeah. the, 
probably and, and when we lived out there we didn't really go to church that much um for sure but there's probably not too many churches around right to switch around from like when you guys had an issue with that church Oddly enough, and this is this is how you know that the health of the churches and the community was not good. Um, Wheatland, Wyoming, I can't remember what year, but I know that they ended up in the Guinness Book of World Records for most churches per capita. Um, <laughs> and that's a problem. If you're a small what? town like that, like you're talking, yeah, bro, like we're talking like <laughs> even if it's 5,000. Even if, but it it's not. It's even less than that. It's probably like bro, a they, little they over got three. The church like for 3, every three people, bro. Right. So there's <laughs> a bunch of people with all these different ideologies, and they just can't get along. So oh, I'm gonna start my own church, and I'm gonna start my own church. So um, we didn't know that information before we moved there, but we learned it really quick um, through our own experience, and then just like yeah, a lot of people being like, oh yeah, we were in the Guinness Book of World Records for this, and it's like that's not actually something to be proud of. Like, right. <laughs> that's so sad because it's well, like, even the community my, itself, like it, it was not healthy, um, you know, by any means. Well, you, I want to touch on something real quick before I, uh, forget about it, but you, you, yeah. you mentioned, uh, you know, I have a question. Maybe Peter can give some insight on this, but, um, the yeah, idea Peter of, involved. you know, when you are growing up, I feel like when you're a child, um, not only do you not grasp the reality of the world and just sin and how important our relationship with God is, I feel like you don't, and this person, personally speaking, I, I know for myself, when I was in high school, when I was growing up, everything, I had a relationship with God, but I almost feel like there's a veil of innocence over you as a child that does mm-hmm. not require you to have to, I don't know, maybe to rely on God as much. Bro. Peter, do you feel like that's a good way of saying <laughs> I would- it? I would say on that point, it, it kind of when you're growing up, it's more your parents' faith than it is your own. Preach. And so, I mean, Daniel, you kind of touched on this too, just like, you know, the way that, you know, you, you weren't really involved and you said, you're, you know, your parents and the rest of your family weren't really involved in church mm-hmm. would explain why you weren't, you know, in, in your, you know, all the way through, you know, into your college years. And yep. I think that's what's so important about really from like, teenage years all the way through I, I mean I I say and you know most most people do say that like those years from like you know somewhere like early teens through maybe like mid to late 20s or maybe a little bit earlier than that are like the most important years in terms of development and so if you're not getting the development that you need especially obviously in in this we're talking about faith mm-hmm. if you don't get that development that you need then that's going to affect who you become as an adult as well. And so, you know, Mm. I think from hearing some of the, you know, negative experiences that you dealt with, I think it's, it's amazing that you are now where you are now, but to talk about Joe's question, Joe's question is, I mean, yeah, I would say it's definitely, it's more of your parents' faith. And so a hundred percent. And also you don't, you don't, you don't have like the struggles to answer the point about like, you know, you don't really like depend on God all God all that much, right? You because don't you're bills. not really right. You don't got bills. You don't <laughs> got you know. A, as you get older, you start either experiencing more death around you, or just kind of understanding more what that means. Like when you're a yep. kid, you're like, oh, they're gone. You know, like yeah. you don't really know what that means. Mm. Um, but but once you get older, you really know what that means. Yeah. And yeah, so I think well, t- to kind of close up close up my point, it's 
you find out who you are as a Christian really in those like high school and college and a little bit post-college years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got a question for both of y'all actually, um, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to share something that I experienced and you guys can tell me if, if you experience this as well. But I know when personally, when I graduated high school, when I hit 18 years old around that age, I remember a specific day and maybe you guys didn't have a specific day or moment that this happened, but I, but I literally remember a moment in my life where my perspective just completely changed. It's like I hit adulthood and I realized uh, how life really is. And it's not this, Mm. you know, I I just feel like when you're a kid, you just, you don't grasp the reality of life and how, how hard life really is and how much you need God (laughs) because yeah, bro, I don't know exactly what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but when you're a kid, you just don't understand. You just don't understand that. It just doesn't click. Yeah. I mean, it's um, a part of it is because your brain isn't fully developed, just talking like scientifically. But but yeah, sure. I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I think I think we all probably had a moment that we could point to. For me, I would say it maybe didn't really happen until like right when I was in my final semester of college because I still lived at home. So while mm. sure, I was an adult and everything through college, I still, you know, wasn't wasn't financially independent yet. I would say for me, that moment would be kind of like late or even like halfway through my final semester of college when I realized like I got to find a, a real job now and be able to provide for myself once I graduate. So I would say that was my moment, but yeah. Daniel, you know, I'll let you go ahead and share, share your, your thoughts on, on that. Yeah, man. I'm, I think absolutely. It was when I think it was when I moved out to Pennsylvania, um, hmm. because being in Wyoming, like with, you know, with all sorts of family around me, um, my parents always being there to support me financially. Um, yeah, I didn't really have to, and all my needs met, bro. I, I lived with my, my dad's dad, which, um, you know, was, was an experience. Um, and it, you know, he lived in Cheyenne. So my parents lived in Wheatland. I went to school in, um, Cheyenne at the community college there. And, um, yeah, it was mainly just like a convenience thing because my, my parents were like, Hey, like, you know, we'll be able to support you a lot more if you're going to a school that costs less. Um, and I also ended up getting some really good educational, um, scholarships. So pretty much all my schooling was paid for by scholarship. Um, mainly I just had to cover books and since I wasn't living on campus, I didn't have to worry about paying for the dorms, like room and board and all that good stuff and food. Mm -hmm. Um, so really all my needs were still met even while I was attending college. Um, and I think that didn't actually really do me any favors, especially because at that point, um, I, I was not consistent with my prayer life. I was not consistent with, you know, my relationship with God, reading the word. Um, I was smoking weed like at least two or three times a day at that point. And, and that started in high school. Um, so for me, like a lot of the habits that I was forming do based on the people I was allowing to influence my life, the people I was surrounding myself with, which by the way, like, you know, you become who you surround yourself with it. That just happens. I mean, in some cases, like, 
you're you're going to be put in a position where you are the influencer and you know the people around you become more like you um so it's very much the same with our relationship with god where it's like if we're not surrounding ourselves and not consistently being in touch with jesus then how are we going to ever expect to be more like him um so for me yeah like i I didn't have dependence on God for myself. It was the like secondary dependence of, okay, my parents actually have to depend on him to come through for like just the most basic of needs, let alone like, you know, the bigger, um, situations in life that at times require like an absolute miracle. Um, so not having to go through really a whole lot of trials in life, um, and or being shielded by them because of my parents. Um, yeah, that dependence didn't really come through until I really no longer had that covering. Um, so yeah, I don't want to keep going too far on that. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hog the mic, but yeah, I would say no, that's, no, I, that's, 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 that's a good, at. I think that's a good way to put it is I think it is when you face that first sure. trial, that first serious mm-hmm. trial, uh, where you're kind of on your own and you have to figure it out on your own because, yeah. You also realize, I feel like you realize as an adult that, you know, mommy and daddy are not here to hold my hand, nor do <laughs> I want them to. So yeah. I need to figure this mm-hmm. out. And the reality is most, a lot of the trials we face in this life, yes, we can overcome them uh, in our own strength, but we will hit a point eventually where we, we just can't take it anymore. And that the only yep. thing that we mm-hmm. can fill that void or, or give us strength in those moments is God. hundred percent, so, bro. Amen. Amen. Um, Kind of going back to your... Real, real quick. Yeah, go ahead, Peter. Yeah. If you don't mind if I add something real quick. It's funny because I literally, I, like I FaceTimed with my with my family yesterday for like an hour and a half. And one of the things mm-hmm. that we talked about, well, actually two points uh, that, that Daniel made was the, the thing about who you surround yourself with is who you become. And mm-hmm. that is, that's so true. I just want to kind of emphasize that, you know, to, to make a second point at that. And then also you mentioned, you know, that like the, the trials you know formed who you became and everything Mm. and I was talking with my family yesterday like if you don't experience hard times and Joe I think we've kind of talked about this on on maybe a couple of episodes before but if you don't experience the hard times and see what God's doing even in those times you won't really be able to fully appreciate when things are going right and Mm. in the same way you know without those experiences you know, for you, Daniel, of, of, you know, smoking weed and, and doing the other things that that you were, you know, doing when you were stuck in kind of a rut, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, for me, I would say it was kind of like this doubt of whether God truly exists or not. Mm. Um, if, if we don't go through those time, those trials and those times, then we, to go back to what I think maybe we were about to shift into about, you know, the relationship with God. I mean, it's, it's like, I, I, I love making this point because I, I love going in the gym and everything and working out. I do it every day Come on. is if we don't, if we don't tear down our muscles to build them up, then, you know, we're just going to atrophy and it's kind of the same thing. You know, if we don't go through that hard work, hard work and those challenges, we're not going to become better at the end of the day and have a stronger, you know, just uh, more, more abiding and, um, you know, just amazing relationship with God. If we don't go through those hard times and make those mistakes. Yeah. And I, I think how we respond to those challenges really is, is who we, it's what defines us. The challenges mm-hmm. in life. That's why, uh, 
even yesterday I put out a tweet <laughs> out the blue. I was like, <laughs> praise God for the trials and for the successes, yep. you know, because I mean, literally, you literally have to say this. I, I don't know if you've done this, Daniel, but some, at, you know, as I have, uh, I would say matured in my relationship with God, there are times where I literally have to tell myself, dude, you just, you have, even if you don't feel like it right now, just say it out loud. Like I praise yep. you God, even, even in this time, you just got to say it. Yeah. Because you know? there's yeah. really no other choice and eventually your mindset will change. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're supposed to, I mean, we're blessed even, even when we're experiencing, um, trials. Um, I mean, Jesus said very clearly that we will experience many trials just for bearing his name. And we Um, should expect it. Yeah. I mean, honestly we should, I mean, we should not, not in a pessimistic way, um, but we shouldn't be surprised when I think that's kind of the point that he was trying to make when he was saying that was like, mm-hmm. don't be surprised when these things come because it's inevitable, but just know, like I went through them too, so I can relate to you. So come to me for strength, come to me for, you know, shelter and safety, um, when you are going through that. And actually it said, it says like to rejoice when you're going through trials of many, many kinds, um, because we're doing it, we're, we're suffering with him and, um, and we're, and we're suffering, you know, for his glory. And I think that's really what it comes down to is like, it's, it's all for his glory. Like anything Mm -hmm. that, that we do, um, regardless of like, even in the times when we weren't maybe giving him the credit, like anything that we do, like all glory goes to him because I mean, he's God, like he has this master plan that he knows beginning to end. And, you know, we could only hope to know just even what tomorrow Mm -hmm. holds, let alone, you know, the entire story. So I think, you know, as, as we're going about our day to day life, um, knowing that he knows our life front to back, beginning to end, um, past, present and future, like we're secure in him. We don't have to worry about anything. And, um, we're actually going to be blessed for, you know, uh, enduring the trials that we face in this life. Um, we will be rewarded for them. Um, and, yeah, it should be a joyous thing because we're we're not doing it alone. He's right there with us. He's already gone through it. He's already paid the ultimate price. Um, right. So really at that point, it's like what more, like there's nothing that we could go through that, I mean, everything pales in comparison to what he went through for us. Um, and yeah. I think, you know, I've reflected on that more and more as time goes on. My, um, my dad's dad actually passed away on... Um, Friday. Well, let me rephrase that. He entered into glory on Friday. Hmm. Um, Hmm. and that, you know, so it's fresh on my mind. Like you were talking earlier, Peter, about loss and, um, and how difficult, like for me, when I was younger, uh, losing somebody that I loved, uh, made me question God. But now because of where my relationship with God is, I, um, I'm at peace because I know that my grandpa is in heaven. Um, I know that his, that he's secure. Um, 
And so I don't have to worry. I didn't even have to worry about the details of, you know, whether, you know, a miraculous healing was going to take place or whether, you know, he was just going to go to heaven to be with Jesus. However, you know, God decided to, um, you know, go about that situation. It's not my place to, uh, question it. Um, I just have to trust that like, Hey, your word is true. It says that like everything that we go through in life, that you're going to turn it around for our good, that you have good plans for our lives, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, um, for a hope in a future. So I, I really, I'm actually encouraged. Of course, you know, there's times for, for grieving and I think everyone should take their time, um, to do that. Um, but there's also times for celebrating and rejoicing. Um, and there's even times where that kind of coexists. Um, and I think we'd be doing ourselves a, a disservice by not experiencing that because I think we experience emotions for a reason. Um, just as long as we don't allow those emotions to drive, you know, our actions. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to experience that, especially when you love somebody. Um, if it doesn't affect you, then there's other issues that need to be um, addressed. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I think yeah. you know a sign of spiritual a spiritual maturity is the ability to experience those emotions and uh, also stay grounded in your faith and, and keep moving forward. You know, we can we Absolutely. can grieve, we can. We can rejoice. Uh, we can be ha- very happy. We can be sad sometimes, but as long as we keep on our path toward God, toward pursuing a relationship with God at all times, I think that's kind of what defines, um, in a lot of ways, spiritual maturity. But I'm looking at Romans eight twenty eight here. You, I think that's what you were fre- referencing, Daniel. And we know that in, in all mm-hmm. things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been according to, uh, who have been called according to His purpose. Um, yeah, I've got I've got another verse too to kind of to kind of back that up. If you don't mind, if I jump in here real quick, sure. yeah, come on, um, as much scripture as possible, John, man. John sixteen. I'm gonna read verse verse thirty two and thirty three. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me. This is Jesus speaking, all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. That that's a good reminder for us. Now moving into verse thirty three, mm. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have over- overcome the world. I think that's a, yeah. a beautiful reminder to kind of go off of what what you were talking about, Daniel, about the the trials that we that we go through in life and yeah. how we can kind of look 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 forward to what what's at the end, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. I also really quickly want to say we, you know, obviously express condolences to to the family. We'll certainly be praying for. Oh, for your thank dad you, bro. And you for and sure, like definitely. That. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. It's never easy, bro. It's it's really never easy. It's just one of those things, you know. Death is very, yeah. You know, God despises it, but you know, it's just mm-hmm. part of this, mm-hmm. this fallen world that we live in, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, for, for me, actually, I, I can speak from this, the same sort of experience. I think it's been, gosh, maybe four years to the month since since my grandpa died, my mom's dad. And so mm. I can definitely, you know, sympathize with you. So I'll be praying for, for you, Daniel, and for your family, because um, I know I know it's a very tough loss. 
Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's something so special about grandparents. Mm. Um, you know, they, they always kind of spoil us a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know not everybody has perfect relationships with their grandparents, but, you know, yeah. I was ex- extraordinarily blessed with mine. Come on. And, you know, uh, I, I can definitely understand, you know, not completely, but in a sense what you're going through. And so, yeah, man. like Joe said, yeah, we just... You know, nothing but but support and prayers for for you and the rest of your family. Oh, thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah, I just, yeah, to to encourage anyone who's listening or that will listen at any point in time, like, um, you know, our, uh, our faith is, is what roots us in hope. Um, and, and that hope is eternal, um, and it's, and it's only through Jesus that we have that hope. And, um, he, you know, God gave us his word to encourage us, you know, to edify us, to uplift us, to motivate us. And, um, if, if you're not in your word, um, then you're defenseless against the attacks of the enemy, um, against the trials that you face in life. Like you, if you don't have your, your double edged sword, um, handy. And, and this is, this is even much deeper than just like carrying it with you all the time. I mean, if you have a smartphone, if you have the Bible app, then naturally you're carrying it with you all the time. But more importantly, in your, in your mind, in your spirit, um, and, you know, through the Holy Spirit, we're able to recall scripture at, at the right place at the right time for the right situation. Um, so if you're not in your word and if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then I don't I don't really know how you're making it through life day to day. Um, and that's not that's not to to mock anybody. That's not to disrespect anybody. But that's it it's my goal to encourage you to, to be in your word and, um, invite the Holy spirit into your life, um, to, to guide you. Um, because without yeah, it's, the it's Holy funny spirit, you mentioned that Daniel, because Peter yeah, and I were yeah. just, we, we often kind of joke about this, but when you're talking mm-hmm. about memorization and, and having, you know, the word embedded within your soul and your spirit, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But even, yeah, you don't have to be the, the most perfect uh, memorizer or just genius and have every single yep. word memorized. Cause there's some <laughs> yeah. times where, you know, as long as you're getting in the work consistently, obviously, but there's times where Peter and I will have these podcasts and we'll be talking about a subject and just out of nowhere. I mean, you just don't know where it's at. It just kind of pops up, you know, a Bible verse will just come yeah. in your mind that, that relates. And it's like, yeah, even that, that, you know, that, that, that just comes from putting in the time in the word, you know, you don't have to be, yeah, perfect Amen. you don't have to be a harvard academic but right <laughs> just the consistent effort daily even if it's five minutes you know even, even if yep. it's like literally you know one paragraph or something like that we need to be getting in the word every day um absolutely but yeah you gotta get your I would daily say, bread real quickly on the yeah and one thing on the one paragraph sometimes that's better because it allows you to really dive into what that passage is saying yeah. Like if, mm-hmm. And if you spend definitely spend time in it and maybe reread it a, a few times, you can almost get more out of that than if you read like two full chapters, like 
out of the New Testament or something. Like I, you know, recent example for me is last year I read through the whole Old, Old Testament. So far, I've been reading through my Bible plan. I've told Joseph and said on the podcast already, but Daniel, my my plan this year is the New Testament and the Psalms and Proverbs Come because on, there's bro. so much r- richness in those passages. And so obviously because the Old Testament is so much longer, those those passages were definitely longer readings. But with this, yeah. I'm able to grasp so much more out of it. Like like today, a verse that stood out to me is about how, um, you know, how hypocritical the Pharisees were and mm. Jesus just basically telling them, like, you worship me with your mouths, but um, your actions speak otherwise or something like that. I'm going to see if I could try to try to pull it up again. But it's yeah, I mean. It's so important to spend that time. This is Mark 7, uh, 6 through 7. He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And so mm. like if I was if I was reading through, you know, three three chapters in the Old Testament, I might not have been able to really pick that out. But even again, you don't have to read through the whole Bible in a year, especially if you're just starting out, but it is so important. I can't stress that enough. And I know Joe can't either. And I'm sure Daniel, you agree that there is, there are, there's nothing more important than spending time in the word and, and in prayer as well. It's, it's, it's the most important thing in faith because obviously we can't physically meet with God and speak to him face to face, but it's the next best thing in this, in this life. Or you, right. you never you never met God face to face. Speak for yourself, bro. I do it all the time. <laughs> bro, it's crazy. No, I actually. haven't had any visions yet. <laughs> bro, I've I've actually so when I first started like re, when I rededicated my life in college and um started repursuing a relationship with Jesus, I was just reflecting on, you know, all the ways that he had come through in my life up to that point. And of course, like repenting um, for all those years that I was just living recklessly and as if like everything that he had done for me didn't matter, um, but was just like, man, like this is like, you're so good. You're so amazing. Like literally like there's no one like you was just getting caught up in awe and wonder of God. And um I just remember like having this crazy hunger and desire to like see him, like see his face and like, not just like, you know, some, uh, some like, oh yeah. Like I, like I want to see you face to face, like just like this phrase, but it was like, no, like I, I meant it literally. Um, and I was persistent and maybe annoying about it, uh, (laughs) in my time with him crazy enough he revealed himself to me in a dream um i was driving a car and i was actually in wheatland on uh mariposa which is one of the main roads yep and um i was driving and like where one of the convenience stores is off that that main road i I looked up in the clouds yeah like literally right before common sense is where i was at in this dream and i look up in the clouds (laughs) And in the sky, and I see these like praying hands, like massive hands, bro. Um, and then like I start to see like the arms revealed, and then like the torso, and then his neck, and then bro, like I saw the face of Jesus. Um, and like I kid you not, like I just knew that I knew that it was him, and 
um bro he he's faithful um mm. to to answer the the hungers and desires because he he it actually like pleases him when we we hunger and thirst for him um and when we mm. hunger and thirst for righteousness and godliness um mm. and so it's not actually annoying to him at all. It brings so much pleasure to him. So if people are, you know, listening to this and they're like, Oh, that's, that sounds kind of like religious or kind of weird (laughs) or kind of weird and like mystical and stuff like that. Like, bro, it's as real as it gets. Like if you have desires, I've heard a lot, I've heard a lot more weird dreams than you seeing the face of Jesus in the yeah. clouds. Okay. Mm, definitely. So uh, yeah. I've definitely had weird <laughs> dreams, bro. Don't get me wrong. But like that one, it's like, I'm telling you straight up, bro. Like if you express your passions and your desires to God and you actually surrender those things to him, watch out. Like he's, he's going to, uh, give you those desires and it's going to be far more amazing than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Um, so don't don't despise, you know, sharing your dreams and desires with God. Like, don't allow, you know, uh, you know, the fact that other people maybe haven't um, nurtured your dreams or your desires well. Don't discount that, you know, God can because we're all, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God, you know, human beings. So, um, don't base your expectations of God on the shortcomings of, of man. Um, because, you know, you're really going to miss out on, you know, the, the amazing experience of a relationship with him if you do that. Um, so yeah, just want to encourage people to, to really like seek those things because, um, God is faithful. He's so faithful. Yeah, I believe it's from the Amen. Sermon on the Mount. Uh, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. It's yep. very true. I mean, that's the thing. That's what I always tell people. Uh, I actually have a really interesting story to share as well. So recently, my dad has a friend um, who has been atheist, agnostic, whatever, his whole entire life. Uh, you know, he, he's one of those people that claims that he just cannot. He tries. He just can't believe in God, right? And anytime Mm -hmm. I hear somebody say that, I'm like, dude, I understand. We all have doubts. You know, it's really, it truly is difficult to make that leap of faith at the beginning. I feel like to to put your faith in God and and the creator. Um, But if you seek him, you'll find him. And basically what happened was my dad's friend like refused to pick up a Bible for years. I mean, he just would not do it. Well, guess what? He finally started picking up the Bible and reading it. And he said, Larry, I, I just can't, you know, I just, I don't know everything. I just trying everything I, I can't can't believe in it I, just, I don't know I can't, just can't do it and my dad was like you know what it's it, you know it's kind of like he, my dad uh, painted the analogy of the Holy Spirit in your life and he said the Holy Spirit's kind of like Kool-Aid it's like a, a glass of water before you are saved you're kind of like a glass of water without Kool-Aid when you become saved mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit you pour that Kool-Aid in it, it just engulfs your being it becomes who you are every, every desire of yours should change It's not saying you won't sin, you won't fall short, but your desires will change. Everything about you will change. My dad's friend said, Larry, that is so weird because last night I had a dream that I was talking to you about God and there I was drinking a glass of Kool-Aid. And it's like, bro, (laughs) like you cannot make that stuff up. 
Oh yeah. You, you literally cannot people, make that some up. Some people. Oh no, and some people are probably like, "Well, yeah, but I've heard that saying like, don't drink the Kool Aid.'" And it's like that's exactly what I was thinking. Right, but it's like, but it's bro. Not I guarantee like you, that, that man that has that never seen Kool Aid in his dream at all. So. Yeah, it, it was a. It, it's just an absolutely crazy story. I could share with you many dreams that I've had personally, but um, bro, we yeah. could go on and on. We maybe we should have a future podcast about about some of those things. That would be about amazing. dreams, yeah. But actually, okay. I, I have a verse that kind of goes along with that. Um, yeah, really kind quick, of what ahead. I was saying, and then just what you were saying. Um, Galatians five sixteen. Um, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful desires, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Amen. Yeah, and it's a that's, lot. That's yeah. a lot. So well, go that, back and that actually that. reminds me of a conversation I had about about the Holy Spirit, and uh, mm. I think one of the ways as Christians that we that we need to present ourselves. And Peter and I have talked about this as well. You know, oftentimes we talk about witnessing. Everybody gets nervous. Oh, I'm, I'm not an evangelist. I can't. You know, I'm not an, an apologetic master. But oftentimes, the best way to witness is just to embody the Holy Spirit and how you conduct yourself, whether that's your yep your composure or your speech or just your, um, I don't know, just your being, you know, Kindness your peace toward that others, you bring, your you know, to, respect. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and the fruit of the spirit that you just read off, um, I think it needs to be present. If we're, if we're believers, if you claim to be a believer and you're not showing fruit, I think it's mm-hmm. a massive red flag. And I've seen that a lot of the times, uh, yeah. unfortunately with, with people to claim to be Christians and, mm. you know, I've left interactions and I'm just like, dude, like, are you, hmm. how can you claim to be, a, Je- you know, in the, in the faith and act like this? Yeah. Jesus literally said that those, those people like that need to be, you know, he used the analogy, you know, you cut a dead branch off of a tree. You don't leave it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, his way of saying that if we're not producing fruit, then I th- like he told, he told like the branch of a fig tree was another example that it was kind of a, a parabolic idea of, you know, you need to, to cut those branches off because they're not producing fruit. And so that's, and it's the same idea with like, you know, he, the hot or he, he, you know, either be hot or cold, don't be lukewarm or else he'll, he'll spit you out of his mouth. And so if we're not fully displaying who God is and how we live our lives, then we might as well just be on the flip other side, doing all the things that the world does. So yeah, that's a great point and a really great passage there, there Daniel as well. Yeah, because yeah, I, th- I mean, I think some people either they don't know enough about the Holy Spirit, or 
um, you know, have misconceptions because people haven't represented, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the third person of the Godhead. Um, and you know, you can't bear that fruit without him. I mean, Jesus, Jesus said that he's the helper. Like when he was going to ascend into heaven, he said, I'm leaving you, but I'm sending you the helper. And like, you're better off that Mm -hmm. I'm sending him than if I stay. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and through the Holy spirit, he said that we're going to do, you know, the same amazing miracle signs and wonders that he was doing. Um, but even greater than that. And, um, I just believe as we're, you know, as we are in these, these last days and these crazy times, like it says in his word that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And that's, you know, that's not just, Oh, only Christians who actually desire the Holy spirit. It's like, nah, bro, like straight up, he says all, meaning like literally all flesh is going to experience like his glory um and his spirit and and so what better way to experience it than now um before that time comes and and actually being uh effective for the kingdom because yeah we can't we can't transform ourselves on our own accord um it's just not possible. I've been there, done that, tried it. Um, it, it might be a temporary fix, um, but it is not lasting. The only lasting transformation comes from the transformation that the Holy Spirit does within us. Um, and, you know, we also have to be patient with that process. Like we're all in a process. Um, we all fall short of the glory of God. And um, there's going to come a time when, you know, he finishes that good work that he started in us, but we don't, you know, we're in a society that's instant gratification. Like, Oh, I want it now. Like I want the transformation now. I want the, uh, I want the platform now. I want the influence now, but, but they don't want to put the work in. And, and it's the same thing with our relationship with God. Like he's, he's not going to give us good gifts outside of the correct timing. Um, because he doesn't want to see us fall flat on our face or he doesn't want to see us, you know, think we can do it on our own because, oh, we're succeeding on our, on our own abilities. No, like the, the point of this, this life is that, you know, we do everything with him and we do it for his glory. And if we do that, literally everything we put our hands to is going to succeed. And it might not look like it in the physical, um, but the, um, the eternal rewards that, that come from that are, you know, far outweigh anything that like any accolade or any, um, award or anything that we could receive here on earth. Yeah. That's actually something we've talked about in the past is the importance of your intentions in life and everything you do because Mm -hmm. us as human beings, especially as men, I think we have, you know, a tendency to, to be very goal oriented and, success oriented. Mm-hmm. It's just in our nature as men, but yeah, anything we try to do as men, any goal we set, we need to enter it, enter into that goal with the framework and the understanding that we are, our intention is to serve God in this, in this pursuit. And yeah, ultimately, if that's not our intention, we will, we will not either number one, we will not be fulfilled at the end of that goal. And it will lead us to even more misery 
or number two, we won't succeed in that goal. So, um, Mm. yeah, it's all about your intention in life and our entire life framework needs to be centered around serving the one true God, because he is the source of ultimate truth. His word is, is the truth. You know, I think if you look around our world today, um, you know, this is something I talk about quite often, uh, on my YouTube channel, but, uh, a lot of the, the craziness we're seeing right now and just the lack of, uh, I don't know, congruency with the truth. I mean, some of the behaviors we're seeing is because, you know, our sinful nature deviates so far away from what the actual truth is. And God is the ultimate source of the truth. He tells us what is right and what is wrong. Um, and I think a lot of people just don't, they don't want to subscribe to the fact that there is such thing as an objective morality. Um, there is such thing as the truth. So. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Amen. But there is, and it's not, and it's not, you know, what, (laughs) what the news is saying. It's not what, um, science is saying, uh, unless, unless they're actually quoting scripture, if they're quoting scripture, then like, praise God. But, um, like, or if it's based on that truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know if you've heard the saying, it's like, let every man be a liar and let God be the truth. Like, mm-hmm. um, like God is the truth. Like he's the way, the truth and the life. Um, and you, you cannot mm-hmm. find any of those things apart from him. Um, so it's like, I, I get it. I, I know, you know, people are looking all over the place for, for purpose and meaning and truth. Um, and, you know, there it says in, in the word that they're actually like eagerly awaiting the revealing of the sons and daughters of Christ, of God. Um, and so it's like, man, if it doesn't matter if you feel disqualified, if you feel like, oh, man, like I haven't, you know, I haven't memorized enough scripture. Or, oh, man, like I'm struggling with this, this sin. Um, and I don't like I don't, so I don't feel worthy. It's like. If you acknowledge those things, like, like that's where we actually find our strength is when we boast in our weakness, um, because we all have our weaknesses. Uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be trying to avoid that or escape that, escape that, or, you know, try to be putting on this act, um, because it makes us less relatable actually, um, to the people around us when we, when we try to put on this, this act that like, Oh, just, I mean, because, because I have Jesus, like everything is good and great in my life and I don't struggle with anything. And, and, you know, because, because of him, I don't struggle with any sin or anything like that. And it's like, man, like we just need to be real, like with everyone around us. Like, yes, like, you know, there, there is transformation that takes place when we have that relationship with Jesus, but we're, we're still a work in progress. And, um, it's crucial that, you know, we, we be full of grace and full of love. If we don't have love, then literally anything else that we do is meaningless. Um, Mm. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and I guess, okay, I have a question for you guys, if that's okay. Sure. Of course. Um, so in today's society with, with so many polarizing, um, topics at hand, like how, um, how would you say like that we are, how can we show love 
to to those that subscribe to some of the um, extreme ideologies and um, and views um, about you know a lot of a lot of topics. Uh, I don't I don't know if I want to use a specific one. Yeah, um, it's probably best to avoid that, to be honest. Right, um, but but there's a lot. There's a lot. So how do we show love to those who have these like extreme views? I mean, I'll, I'll say one that that I was just kind of reading about, and like the gender ideology thing with you know there, yeah. there's millions of genders. Um, yep. I think the best way, and, and by the way, we got to wrap up soon here. We're coming up on an hour, so probably to give a quick yep. answer on this and, and kind of wrap things up. Um, for sure. But, you know, in my opinion, the best way to kind of do it is to ex- extend empathy and say, you know, I'm not saying this in a hateful way. I understand your perspective. You know, I understand we all have our, our points of view. Um, but also pointing to them to the fact that, like I told you, I mean, and there is an objective truth that, that forms our very reality. I mean, we all depend mm-hmm. on whether we recognize it or not, we all depend on God existing every single day of our lives. I mean, down to the very laws of logic, the law of non-contradiction. How can we, how can you and I have a conversation that makes any sense without understanding that, that that the laws of logic exist? I mean, the very Mm. foundational nature of our universe depends on God's existence. So I think if we, if we explain that in an empathetic way, if we break down for example, objective morality. Why do we? Why do we all feel like murder is wrong? Well, that's because we have a conscience. We all have that conscience. We all know it's there. We feel it. But how? How do we know mm. it's there? And it's because God tells us in His Word. We He He gave us all the conscience to determine right and wrong. I think it's simple things like yeah. that that we can point to. We don't even necessarily have to quote scripture off the bat, but just pointing out these obvious facts of reality. Uh, in my opinion, is kind of the best way to do it. And also, while also being empathetic and not you know not being hateful, not being any of that. But that's good, uh, bro. Peter, I'm not even sure if you if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, I actually another important thing you talked about perspectives. I actually I have a friend from the University of Dayton um, who who actually actually also does a podcast um, and he he did a whole episode on perspective. But one of one of the points that I took away from it is. And uh, him and I were in a psych class together. He also played for the football team. And so um, mm. as somebody who covered sports for, for Flyer News, I was definitely, you know, interacted with him talking about, you know, football and everything and obviously had that class. But one thing that he mentioned and that I really agreed with is we do have to go into it understanding that, or I guess not outwardly trying trying to change their perspective. Because if we are just trying to do that, then nine times out of ten we're going to fail. But we need to understand that they have experiences that shape that perspective. And again, like like Joe said, approach it humbly and, res- and respectfully and give our perspective. And really, at the end of the day, let God do the work. You know, we're, we're there to kind of plant the seed. And it's kind of the same idea with, like, bringing people to Christ. We're there to plant the seed and... Or, or I guess I'm trying to think of how it's normally worded, whether it's God plants the seed and we're there to grow it or whether it's the other way around. Um, but basically, you know, we do, I, I think it is that we plant the seed and then God grows it. And he, mm. you know, we kind of just leave it up to God. Obviously we're still there to answer questions that they have. 
or to provide our, you know, faith-based, scripture-based insight. Um, But at the end of the day, really my main takeaway is understand that they had experiences that shaped that perspective. It's not to us to try to change that perspective. It's simply for us to present what what the Bible says is true. And again, like Joe said, in a respectful, um, positive manner at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, just letting God do the work in them. Yeah. I, I personally yeah, find, good. uh, I personally find that if we, you know, asking inquisitive, inquisitive questions that kind of like, hmm. you know, I, really when it comes down to it, kind of poke holes in, in some, some of these worldviews, I think is the best way to do it. Not necessarily trying to twist somebody's arm to convince them. Just asking, mm. in, in, you know, questions right. that make them think really hardly and, and critically think. Um, yeah. And then it gives them an opportunity to share their perspective, too, instead of you just, like, blasting them with what yeah, nobody's going to change their mind if you, go, if you approach it like that. So, Right. Exactly. And I think, I think it should really be this thing of, like, man, it's not my job to convince you. It's not my job to persuade you. Um, ri- my, yep. my purpose in this is, is to share with you... Um, you know, the hope that I found in Jesus and, um, not to despise where you're at, especially for me, bro. Like I've, I've been the sinner. I've been the guy who's, you know, hanging out with the sinners. And, and so for me, like, who would I be if, if I'm all of a sudden now, like, oh, like you're wrong. And like what you believe in, like, doesn't matter because this is the truth and like how how is someone going to feel loved in that how is someone even going to to want to change their mind and change their ideology and and actually pursue a relationship with Jesus I think the best way to do it is just to have relationship with people and um, you know as you have friendship with with individuals who have differing beliefs um you just being that example, um, is going to be enough. And at the end of the day, we all have free will. So whether someone does or doesn't choose to pursue a relationship with Jesus, I don't like, that's not on us. I think the part that's on us is like, like we had talked about earlier, like what are we doing to produce fruit day to day? Mm -hmm. Like in everything that we're doing, like what are we doing to actually, show people what like who Jesus is and what he looks like and what it looks like to actually be transformed by him and have a relationship with him um because otherwise it's just yeah it's just not genuine and it's not authentic and I think that's what people are looking for they're looking for something real and um Mm -hmm. we we can't show them that if we're not being real ourselves uh, so I think, you know, we have to boast, we have to boast in our weaknesses to the very individuals who are struggling, um, and let them know that like, yo, when you come to Jesus, like you don't have to clean up to come to Jesus. He's the one who does the cleaning. Um, mm. cause I think a lot of people have made that, that mistake of like, oh man, I, I know I can't, I can't go to him. Like I, I got to get cleaned up first. And it's like, bro, like for an example, like let's say somebody's a drug addict, like why would you wait for yourself who's struggling with an addiction to drugs to stop before going to a doctor or before, you know, going to um, an outreach where where they can give you resources to help you? Like 
nah, you, you just go. Like, that's what I had to do, bro. Like, I had to literally just get rid of all the paraphernalia, any association that I had with it out of my life for a season of time. Um, and then God was able to heal me and restore me. And then now I'm able to interact with the same people that I was caught up in the sin with. And, and now I'm not influenced by the way that they live their lives. In fact, like they're looking to me like, bro, who are you? Because like, you're not the same person and you don't Which talk the thing. same. You don't which is a good right. thing. So it's like that there's that evidence, but it's like, I'm not sitting there like, Oh yeah, you know me, like I have my relationship with Jesus. So like, come on. Like if you <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta do this. If you want to, if you want to make it in life and this and that, I'm like, I'm like, not nah, bro. Like, yeah. Like praise God that I have, you know, my salvation and I have this relationship with him and I'm able to communicate with him. However, like, yo, I still struggle. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, at some point I would love to I would love to like actually dive into some of those things because I um, I think that um, there again like like we can quote scripture we can um, we can pray we can we can do all these things but like when push comes to shove are we applying it because we can we can have all the head knowledge um it's about but action. if we're not applying it it's useless got to be a man of action in every aspect of our lives. Not only with with one hundred percent with our responsibilities, but with scripture as well. So, uh, we yeah. are running short on time, though. So we do need to kind of cut this short. I don't know if you have any closing thoughts, yeah. Peter. I don't think so. I think we we kind of summarized it all pretty well, and um, yeah, I think I was trying to see if there was a verse about that specifically. I know, I know, like it, it ends, or maybe it's just from like there's there's a song that that goes like. Um, I could be willing to to burn to die at the stake as a martyr, but what am I if I don't have love? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's based in scripture, but that's that's what I was thinking of. I was trying to look it up while you were finishing up there. I couldn't find it, but but yeah. it's, it's something like you know we could be willing to die at the stake as a martyr, which obviously is like the the most the worst death that we can have as a Christian and thankfully in in today's United States we don't have to worry about that but we do have Christian brothers and sisters who do mm. and at the end of the day to kind of tie it in with you know conf- like with talking to people who have the beliefs of the world and who deal with deal with sins and obviously even for ourselves you know if we don't have love we're nothing and so i mm-hmm. think that's the important thing at at the end of the day that's kind of my final final wrap up yeah i, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> the the original intent of the episode kind of got sidetracked but that's that's fine we had a great conversation yeah uh, I, I, I think <laughs> we did i was gonna say i was like wait <laughs> yeah it, it's all good bro we had a great conversation and uh, i think that people that that made it all the way you know hopefully took some valuable things away from this episode so if you did yeah, and i think we, we'll, we'll definitely get to that eventually and we can kind of yeah. use this this episode as kind of a springboard for that um and, yeah. and, and Daniel, you know, me and Joe have definitely had some episodes before. We love to just kind of let the conversation go where it goes, let God yeah. lead it. Amen. And I think we talked about some really important stuff. Even if we didn't talk about relationships, I think we had a <laughs> phenomenal episode. And I hope yeah. that people who are, who did maybe come to this, you know, I don't know if we'll even put in the title now, but for people who are no, no, we in definitely relationship won't. We or, definitely or don't whatever, want, won't title this relationships. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be sure, so but, confused. But I think... Yeah. 
to finish up that point, though, I think it, it didn't tie in directly to relationships, but I think all that we talked about today with the, you know, the, the background in faith and all that stuff, that mindset is something that you can take into relationships and really everything else in life. Yep. Amen. So, and we Absolutely. just we want to thank you for coming on, Daniel. It's been a pleasure to have you on True Bro, North Talk. Sure. Thank you guys so much. Man, uh, I look I look forward to um, getting to know you more, Peter and um, Joe. Definitely. I appreciate appreciate the the opportunity again, man. Like I don't I don't take any opportunity lightly, um, and you know I just give I give God all the glory um, because at the Amen. end of the day, like He's the reason why I am where I am and who I am. Um, yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, man. To him be the glory. And um, yeah, man, I just pray that, you know, everything that we talked about today, um, that people would have an open heart and, and mind to receive all that the Lord has for them um, in this and that it would, um, yeah, just tug on their hearts and um, yeah, that they'd be rooted in it. So, Amen. So appreciate you guys. Yeah, Amen. I agree with everything you said there. And uh, sure. if you made it this far in the episode, we appreciate you listening. Uh, this has been episode 29 of True North Talk featuring Peter Burnett and myself, Joseph Staten, with special guest Daniel Lucero. Make sure you like and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. With that being said, we'll see everybody next week. Peace out. Peace.